the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. This is WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Kuralt, CBS News, WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday. WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus Adbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Kemp. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Kate Kaiser. Hi-yo, well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Gertz Cooley, Sam Beard, and Jim Reed, and Carl Gertz. Thank you, Sam, and greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Ed is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. With a nocturne, we send as our best. This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venter's WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raleigh. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Raley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Gardener program. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF at 10.09. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston. And we have Phil Campbell with us, owner of Campbell Road Nursery, and Paul McKenzie, who is an extension agent in horticulture for Vance County and Warren County. And uh, Steve is is back with us from the Hemerkallis Society, and you're out at Crabtree Valley Mall, Steve. How are things going? I am live in the mall right now, and and you would. This is the most participation we have had, I think, since the beginning of the time when I've been doing. We're going to have over two hundred display paints. Wow, year. that is wonderful! It is going to be a sea of color down here. It already is, and uh, we've still got uh, thirty minutes. Uh, if anybody wants to display flowers, they're still coming in. I mean, it's amazing. And we've got over 46, about 46 varieties of daylilies to choose from on our sales table. And there are some really good ones here. 
I bet uh, so. So what about uh, the sales table? Well, that's what I mean. We've got over 46 varieties to choose from. So uh, some of them we only have two sets of fans for, so it's a, it's first come, first serve. But some of them we have quite a few of. Uh, there's one that I've got in my garden called Nowhere to Hide, which is a great flower. Uh, it's got a lot of veining on it. That's what I like. Uh, Ruby Spider, which is a real bright red. Somebody was asking about red daylilies last week. Uh, there are a lot of reds in here today. Uh, now, are you talking about Wolfpack red? Uh, it's more of a burgundy red. Okay, yeah. But there is a Wolfpack red in here, too. Oh, wow. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of different... It's amazing. Uh, somebody came up uh, one time while I was here and said, you mean there's more than just yellow daylilies? <laughs> they are predominant, aren't they? <laughs> well, that's what the uh, state plants along the roadway. Right. Uh, by the way, Donna wants to say hello or wanted me to say hello. Absolutely. Former law enforcement, uh, member of law enforcement who uh, is from Zebulon and who's her, call, who uh, calls our her, show. Her uh, retirement is delivery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know she's a really ac- active member of that. Yeah. You, looking around the table, have you got a got a favorite that you can describe for us? Well, my favorite's always Little Black Bud. Uh, it's a uh, small flower, just a dark burgundy, the cutest little flower you'll ever see. Uh, God, there's so many to choose from. It's hard. I mean, all of mine are favorites. And then I've got five of my babies here. Uh, I haven't named them yet, but I've got five of my babies. Oh wow! Going off. You know that's one thing about daylilies. We we've had really tall ones over the years, but there are some that are that are much shorter that we can incorporate into the landscape. And folks who have kind of inclined areas in their landscape can can use daylilies to help hold the soil. Yes, there are several varieties. Uh, Flora plena is one that is a uh, creeper. It actually will fill an area up. It has a rhizome that uh, creeps. So that one, if you've got a bank, you could get flora plena, plant that in your garden, and over the years it'll fill it in really nicely. Um, that, that, yeah. Uh, what I do on mine is I tear mine. Uh, we put the short ones in the front, medium, medium behind them, and then the real tall ones in the middle. Now, Rufus, you put the tall ones in front, don't you? Well, I will make an exception <laughs> on day living. I do put the Stella de Oro in the front. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Stella, Stella is a short, and there are a bunch of, we got one called Little Peanut, which is, I mean, this, you talk about cute. This is, it's the flowers about an inch in diameter, and it's just a rich, uh, bur- uh, sort of a light purple color but uh it, it, it reminds you of, i guess the you know how peanut is used the diminutive term yes that one is a little peanut so yeah uh that one i've got one at home uh pirate i can't remember pirate's eye or something but it's an inch in diameter but it hasn't uh i just bought it a couple of years ago it really hasn't done well i got a uh look at it move i may have to move it to a different location but it's a cute one too but it's a bright yellow uh, with an eye 
Rufus was just uh, talking about not dividing. He hasn't divided his daylilies for a while. That's uh, something we should all endeavor to do. Well, if you don't, the middle starts decaying. So it's really for the health of a plant, when it gets over, let's say, 18 inches in diameter, it's a good thing to pull it out, divide it, share with your friends, your enemies, your frenemies, <laughs> neighbors, the city of Raleigh. <laughs> now, how do we divide daylilies? Well, what I do is I dig the whole clump up, and then I will split the, you can take a, uh, what I have, I don't, they, they've got a, a device that you can buy that will actually has fingers on it, and you can actually pull it apart. But I take uh, I take uh, two uh, pitchforks uh, mm-hmm. and shove it down, and then just pull them apart. Yeah, and the, and the uh, roots come apart. Some of them you don't even have to do that. Some of them the roots just fall apart. You haven't lost any toes that way, have you? No, not yet, Good. but I'm working on it. Okay. Well, Steve, uh, Crabtree Valley Mall, the Hammer Callus Society's uh, annual show. It's a uh, lower level, the west end there, uh, not f- far from where uh, Sears used to be. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. You guys let me call you. Yes, sir. Always enjoy hearing from you. Yep. Sherry is with us in Chatham County. Sherry, thanks so much for waiting. How can we help you? Not a problem. I fear everybody's going to laugh at my question. but No, nah, probably not. It's got to really be a knee slapper for us to laugh. <laughs> okay. Well, this might be. Uh, do you know of any natural ways to discourage Japanese beetles? Sure. Um, actually, what is quite effective is uh, in in the mornings, uh, go out to the garden and where you see congregations of Japanese beetles, just knock them off. Um, that actually is effective because what happens is when one beetle lands and starts feeding, they start emitting pheromones that attract other beetles. And so you get this congregation and it just kind of builds on itself. And if you just break that up, um, it actually disperses the group and kind of breaks up that feeding cycle and, and can reduce the damage. Um, so that that's actually, uh, you know, fairly effective. It's not going to eliminate damage, but it can um, reduce it somewhat. And if you apply milky spore to the soil, uh, and that will last for a while, that gets into the soil and gets to, if, if the grubs come in contact with it, you're, it's best, to, it used to be May and August, when they would start coming out of the ground, and then they'd go back into the ground around August, and and they'd be near the top of the soil. But apply milky spore. It's a little tedious, but uh, it's a bacteria that will not harm anything but the grub. The grub gets it, and he passes it along to the next grub and the next grub, and that works naturally and uh, very well. So that's a preventative. Yeah. I tell you one thing: don't do, don't get in with one of those beetle collectors. You collect no, unless you, unless you like to collect. Oh, yeah, yeah, you want to collect your neighbors. And ja- at, you yeah, if you like doing yeah. that, if you're a collector of Japanese beetles, Sherry, get those yellow bags. I can assure you that's not going to happen. Or get get a yellow bag and put it in your neighbor's <laughs> yard. That would but be a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Try. 
I found some information online from what I thought to be reputable sources to make a concoction of um, water, vegetable oil, and dishwashing liquid. That supposedly that would, they don't like the taste of that, and that would discourage them. Reading, reading from the reading from the NC State Entomology Department, homemade concoctions are slightly effective at best. Um, uh, what do they recommend? Well, if, if you're looking for, um, you know, something that you can spray that is um, organic, uh, you can try spinosad and neem neem oil. Um, yeah, all that. Um, those those will provide some control, not a lot. Now, what about uh, everybody worries about the honeybees? Because we years and years ago we would recommend the seven dust, and yeah, then it went to the seven spray, and we decided that probably wasn't good good for the bees. So, how, what about the neem oil and bees? Is that or the other products you mentioned? Um, I would have to double check. I think. Neem oil is pretty safe. I guess as long as you don't apply it while the bee is on the is on the plant. Yeah. Well, you know, any any insecticide you use, whether it's organic or natural or or conventional or traditional, uh, it's it's going to tell you on the label. It's going to tell you on the instructions if you need to take any precautions to to protect bees and other pollinators and. Like seven, for example, we know that that one's toxic to bees, and so the label will tell you, do not spray this on plants that are blooming. Um, and so if you see mm-hmm. language like that, that would be one to avoid. And the neem oil is basically just smothers insects, basically, right? It, it doesn't I, have a pesticide in it? Or well, it, it? it's a pesticide, but yeah. Okay. But that's, that's, I think that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sherry, does that help? Okay. See, we didn't laugh. That was a it was a great question. A lot of people have the same problem. Well, that's true. I don't yeah. think you had a solution that that I didn't. Um, okay. So anyway. we didn't break any any ground, any new territory today, huh? Uh, no, not this time. But, okay. You know, they are a major pest. All right. And yeah, you know, I don't I don't ever see them in my in my yard. If I do, they. They're stealthy. Well, I think the what? if you don't use a lot of pesticides, the bluebirds and things like that will take care of them. I mean, the birds. I saw a mockingbird the I, other day chasing a grasshopper almost. As yeah, if you feed was. the birds, if you attract <laughs> the birds to your yeah. landscape, yeah. that goes a long way in in controlling Still insects. Great. We have lots of bluebird benches. Of course, they're about half the size of a bench, uh, and other birds. But I haven't them eating them they might obviously yeah oh yeah the the bluebirds definitely will uh because they love and you i mean you you can buy mealworms they catch them in the air. live or yeah. freeze dried if you want to and they that that's oh, uh, no. something that they love so yeah and they love insects eating them and i'm missing that yeah you you got to pay pay attention to yeah, your they landscape usually, bluebirds usually catch their insects in the air yeah a lot I of know them that do. it's so fun to watch them do that i know it is. It's it's pretty good. We call good. it dive bombing. Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Sherry, okay. you what part of Chatham County do you reside? Uh, south of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Down toward Moncure. 
that's right. All right. Well, you have a great day. Geography, Mike. Well, I've married a a, a girl from Pittsburgh about forty six years ago. Forty six years this um, this Monday. Okay. As a matter of fact, so yeah, I, I know I know about. I love Chatham County. It's so pretty. It's really a pretty county. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah. you have to come visit us sometime. Yeah, I, I do quite often. <laughs> have a great right. day. Well, thank thank you all for your for your advice. I yeah. always appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. More of the weekend gardener coming up here on WPTEF. You know all the pollen that uh, we've had around. Uh, you know, the pollen, we don't see it as much now since the pine pollen is gone, but uh, those the pine pollen can really mess up uh, an automobile, the, the air filters on, in the engine, cabin air filter, and, uh, of course, uh, wiper blades. You don't even think about things like wiper blades, but um, especially if you haven't checked them since winter, you need to replace those wiper blades. You need to check the AC. That is so important because, friends, that is an expensive job, expensive purchase uh, if you end up having to get a compressor or something for your car's AC. So prevent uh, as as many problems as you can by going to King's Automotive Service. They have been around since 1946, and they have all the solutions for you and a lot of good things for spring, summer checkups including the air conditioning and air filters. For those of you driving a certified vehicle, a, a hybrid vehicle with the electric and uh, com, you know, a combustible engine, you can really get some good help at King's Auto Service. They have the hybrid technicians there. They've been uh, well-educated. They'll help you refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for uh, less than the dealer will charge to replace it. And this uh, can occur 150,000 miles on average. Uh, Some hybrids run for a long, long time before you have to replace those batteries, and they usually have great warranties. So call Kings today, or call them on Monday, to schedule a courtesy battery analysis, among many other things. Kings Auto Service and Kings Correct Lube, easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. And uh, King's Auto Service is, uh, again, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. And Dean Bailey, say hello to Dean and all the guys over there. They are well-trained, smart cookies. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. It's 1025. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Yeah. we got a few seconds, and then we'll get to Ann and Michael. And don't forget those thirsty hummingbirds, our friends at Wild Birds Unlimited at Falls Center in Raleigh and Crescent Common Shopping Center in Cary are giving you a chance to win a pagoda, mini feeders, all kinds of stuff registered to win by going to the WPTF Facebook page. That's the WPTF Facebook page. Prize will be given away June 21st, so you got some time to register. Go to the <clears throat> WPTF Facebook page right now, and good luck. More of the Weekend Gardener straight ahead on WPTF.
Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. It's 1035. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston. Phil Campbell, owner of Campbell Road Nursery. Paul McKenzie is extension agent in the uh, lovely Vance County area and also Warren County. Uh, Ann is uh, with us. Ann, where are you calling from? Hey, Ann? I'm calling from Gibsonville. Gibsonville. Oh, okay, man. so you're... Uh, you're north of Burlington there. I am. I, how's everything up there? That was the home of uh, Kay Yao. That's where she's buried, I believe. That's right. That's right. She yeah. is. Yeah. It's cloudy here. We've had a heavy rain last night. Yeah, we've we've had some rain, but that's that's good. I mean, y'all haven't had too much rain, have you? We needed it. Yeah, we sure did, too. How can we help you? What I'm calling about is my neighbor's tomato plant. She has a... I think sweet 100 in a pot, and she added about five inches of this soil this year. And but anyway, um, she her tomato plant is swiveling or you know curling up at the top. Mm. It's green. It's growing. It's 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 really larger than it normal and it had fertilizer in the soil but um what was what was the soil that got you said five inches of soil was added what was that did it come out of a bag it came out of a bag and she purchased at a grocery store okay um that sounds fine uh, what did she Normally. add the soil to? What kind of, was it soil that she had grown in last year? No. No, last year she had used the miracle Grow uh-huh. um, potted soil. Okay. Is what she had used. And uh, she added about five inches or so of this, or maybe six inches uh-huh. of this soil. And it had fertilizer in it. So, and, uh, so the pot had some Miracle Grove potting soil in it already, and then she added an additional five inches of the grocery store soil on top yeah, of that. Yeah, from okay. last year. All right, great. All right, gotcha. Um, is 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 it's in a pot? Where where is it in relation to like the lawn and the other areas in the in the yard? It's on her patio, and it gets full sun. Okay. And the fruit. It's the tomatoes on it. The cherry tomatoes are at least twice the size normal, and um, the uh, the leaves it's much larger. The plant, but in the top, it just it it's green, but it's curly, and it, of course it keeps climbing, but uh, it's just swiveled up like the leaves are. Nobody um, has anybody sprayed any type of Roundup or anything like that anywhere around that place. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, because the shriveled up top sounds like maybe a little cloud of some type of uh, Roundup or other, or uh, you know, something applied to the lawn, right, for weed control. It's herbicide injury from a weed killer sounds like a possibility. 
Um, but it's well, it's, it's green. <clears throat> It'll right. stay green. Right. It's green. Yeah, the symptoms you describe, though, uh, from your description, it sounds like that's a possibility. And it could grow out of that, possibly. I mean, it's about three feet tall now. Yeah. Yeah. It got little tomatoes on it. Strange. It'd be great. I mean, it's on it, but they're twice the size. And she's wondering if it could be the soil that she no she put in there. That, I wouldn't uh, think so. If it came out of ba- out of a bag, I, I wouldn't that, think that would be well, a that, problem. That wouldn't make the tomatoes twice the size yeah. either. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know. Wish I had a picture. It, yeah, it'd be great to see a picture of it. A um, picture of it. Yeah. Um, okay. You're in well, Alamance. How would I send it to you? You're in a, you're in Alamance County. Yeah, are you on the uh, you're on the Guilford or the Alamance side? I'm on the Gifford side. Guilford side, okay. Yeah, if you can yeah. get if you can get in touch with the uh, the Master Gardener office at the Guilford County Extension Center, um, they the could, Master Gardener. Yeah, they could probably um, have you email or 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 maybe text somebody um, some pictures of the plant, and um, okay, you're breaking up or. Hello? Yeah, we're here. Okay. Yeah, if you, you said if, contact the master gardener. Master yeah. gardener. There there are master gardeners and they, they usually have and I guess in, in most counties they're back back to uh, manning their little hotline uh information yeah. line. And uh that'd be the Guilford County Cooperative Extension Service. Yeah. Well she just wondered if the soil that she put in there and she got two bags off. She has another bag, but uh, she hadn't used it. If it came out of a bag, it's probably fine. If if she had bought bulk compost somewhere uh, or bulk topsoil, then we we might be a little bit suspicious. But if it came out of a bag, it's probably fine. I hope it's, it's not, not the tomato really wilt. Fine. It's not fine like Miracle Grow or something like that. Uh, it's. It's got. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying the soil is probably okay. There's probably nothing wrong with the soil. You think the soil is okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell her. It, but it's. Uh, I have the same plant on the other side. We have um, condos side by side, and uh, mine is not near the size of hers because I use the, the miracle grow and um, hmm. um, just uh, is hers in the shade I, at all excuse me is hers in the shade at all no, uh, only uh, late in the evening hmm. um, maybe five o'clock or so right that still doesn't explain the size of the tomatoes being different no i, it I don't no, i wonder they, if they it was labeled like wrong. baby roma tomatoes yeah i'm wondering if it was labeled incorrectly mm-hmm. could have been yeah that happens people but it change the tags around uh, sometimes it, when they're it shopping was the sweet 100 uh cherry tomatoes and we bought them at the same place and right actually she's got two of them in the pot 
Yeah, right. somebody could have mixed up the seed when they were planting. Um, or tags. Yeah, or the tags. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Anyway, there's the tops, when they uh, grow, they just kind of have this... Um, swiveled up or I don't know how to explain it. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're probably going to have to um, get in touch with the Extension Center in Guilford County and see if you can get a picture to them of what they're seeing or you might be able to uh-huh. take them or, or maybe even take them a, a little sample of the of the foliage. Um, they may be able to tell you what it is, but it, it sounds like it's possible that if there was any kind of roundup or weed killer for for the lawn sprayed somewhere nearby, uh-huh. you know, within 25 feet, um, there might have been a little bit of drift onto that plant. That's that's a possibility, but the the but the soil do? the soil sounds it okay. Didn't kill it. What was the question? You said the roundup. Um, yeah, if just a little bit of drift got on the plant, it would it would cause the symptoms that you're describing. So I think I think that's a possibility. But, but it uh, didn't kill it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But I think you're going to have to um, probably show somebody a picture to be able to get get it figured out. Yeah, and if if you have a good garden center that's near you, yeah, they can uh, somebody that can eyeball it. Okay. That might help, too, to actually see it, see the problem. Okay. Well, I'd have to take a picture of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Well, Ann, I appreciate you. Let's give our best to everybody up there in Gibsonville. I'll do it. Thank you. Yeah, I, thank you. Please call us again. I will. All right. Bye. Bye. If you're thinking about selling your home, maybe because you want a bigger yard for a garden or perhaps you need to downsize a bit, but you don't want to be left homeless, do you? I'll tell you, that's a problem right now if you're trying to sell your home. You won't have any trouble selling your home in this area. But finding a home that uh, you can move into in this area or anywhere for that matter, is going to be a problem because uh, that's just the state of uh, a real estate right now. But if you'll contact Justin Burleson, who uh, has been a, is a sponsor and has been a guest on this show and is a, is a great gardener, uh, he's with Premier Agents Network of Fonville Morrissey Realty. And if you'll check with him, uh, I think you'll be very, very satisfied. Justin has been voted best real estate agent in the triangle for the past five years he's currently ranked in the top five of selling agents in the triangle year after year Uh, his online reviews are top notch and plus he's a smart guy he's got an electrical engineering degree let justin and his team help you strategize so you can maximize your profits and make sure you're not left homeless after a quick sale your your house could sell in a day what are you going to do if you don't have some place else and you you don't want to buy and, and have all the have two mortgages and it gets really complicated. He's experienced. So call or text Justin Burleson of Premier Agents Network today. 919-609-5161. That's 919-609-5161. And he will help you out. It's uh, he's a great guy, Justin Burleson. He's got he's got these uh, all of these 
raised beds that he's built uh and he's they're just full of plants full of vegetable plants it's amazing uh, the pictures that he showed us uh, when he was on the show a few weeks ago so contact uh, justin burleson with premier agents network of fonville morrissey realty more of the weekend gardener straight ahead we'll uh, check in with paul and michael and others You're listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. That's right. We've uh, I haven't, but uh, I've been on about half of the time. John Harris was on the rest of the time, uh, 1945. And uh, even before that, the Raleigh Garden Club uh, members would come in occasionally for that. That started back in the 30s, so this is a... Uh, uh, formally in 1945, uh, for this basically this program started. 919-860-9783. We're running through these calls here, and uh, Michael is an Anger. Michael, good morning. Hello. Uh, yes, sir. How are you today? I'm great. It's great to be on the show. Thank you. It's a follow-up to a previous caller about the uh, Japanese beetles. Yeah. Specifically on rose bushes. Mm-hmm. I stumbled across uh, what I think is a great product a few years ago in Walmart. And uh, you may have heard of it, may have, may not, called Organicide. And it's uh, active ingredient in sesame oil. Uh, seems to take care of aphids, white flies, uh, just a plethora of bugs, and also it's a fungicide and a miticide. And it's uh, safe for bees and organic. Hmm. Organicide. Yeah, I just uh, just looked it up. Yes, uh, www.yourplantdoctor.com. Yeah. The only, the only thing that uh, caught my eye when I pulled the bottle down and, and uh, was reading everything on it again, uh, again, I've been using this for three years on my rose bushes in the garden. It's been a great all-around product. Uh, one thing that caught my eye is that it, 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 at the time I purchased this about three years ago, it says on this bottle it was not registered with the EPA. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I mean, t- keep that in mind. That's uh, there are a lot of things that we buy that are not FDA approved or EPA approved uh, for for one reason or another. Maybe they haven't asked to be tested. So, uh, read the, that's why we should always read the label carefully and, uh, and determine that. But, uh, so you haven't, uh, you, you still, you have bees, you haven't seen any dead bees. So you absolutely no negative effects from, from my use in, in the small home garden, uh, uh-huh. again, on the right. flowering plants, uh, specifically I got it for the aphids and the Japanese beetles on my rose bush. Yeah. They got a thing that says uh, on the label is a, a caricature of a bee, and it says "be safe." Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and that's that's what made me go to it. Uh, once uh, something says it's organic and and be safe, then it seems to pass the test, especially with the use. Uh, so I just wanted to make that. Paul, have you ever ever run across this product? I, I'm not familiar with it, um, and. Um, 
I was just quickly trying to look and see if I could find any any data from NC State, and I haven't found any, which doesn't mean it's not there. But um, yeah, I would just reemphasize basically what you said is you know, just because a product is natural, uh, you can't assume that it's uh, completely safe, especially with regards to pollinators. Uh, this particular product, from what you've described, it sounds like it it, it is. Um, and then also with those products that aren't registered with the EPA, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with them. You know, you you should you should buy them without fear, uh, but just recognize um, there's probably a little bit less rigor with regards to uh, testing their their efficacy or how well they work. Uh, but if you're getting good results with them. Um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So, uh, yeah. I think it's basically an oil, a type of uh, natural oil. Yeah. It is. And no, no petroleum products. But. Yeah. And, they, and there are a variety. You know, there's cinnamon oil. There's clove oil. There's, there's different citrus mm-hmm. oils that are used uh, for their either weed killer or insect killer properties. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some evidence that those things can be effective. Um, and like I said, if you're getting good results with them, pr- proof is in yeah. the pudding. So yeah, it absolutely makes the, uh, the rose foliage look beautiful. So it, it's almost like the waxed flowers that, and plants that you buy mm-hmm. the, the next few days. It, they're so uh, so shiny from the oil. Um, it's really been effective. So uh, just well, Michael, I appreciate that. We're always glad to hear from uh, somebody from Anger. Yeah, that's, that's that's right. We're going to hopefully enjoy a bunch of crepe myrtle blooms here in the next right. couple of weeks from all this rain. That's right. I'm looking forward to it. Have Michael, thank, thank you. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us. Paul is in Wendell. Paul, hey. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. I just picked my first tomato. Oh, wow. what variety? Uh, early girl. Early girl. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I didn't taste it yet, but I'm going to have a sandwich later. Ah. And I got a couple of uh, jalapeno peppers the other day, too. That was pretty cool. Rufus, you growing uh, peppers? Well, we we are. We certainly do sharecropping with my brother-in-law. Okay. There you go. Quick quick question about tomatoes. Um, Epsom salt. Is that the cure for blossom end rot? Um. So the cure for blossom end rot is uh, assuming that you've got sufficient calcium mm-hmm. in the soil already, uh, which you can confirm with a soil test. Um, assuming that's true, then the key is consistent irrigation, uh, consistent moisture levels in the soil, uh, because calcium is up, uh, taken up by the plant through the root system uh, along with water. And so if, if you... Um, get a little bit slack with with keeping up with the irrigation and it goes through a dry spell or it stays too wet it kind of interferes with that calcium uptake and you can start to get uh, blossom end rot so it's really something that you kind of need to address at the start of the season and make sure making sure you got sufficient calcium in in the soil from the get-go and then just monitoring your your moisture levels okay thank you very much you bet see you paul uh, James, James, we got about one minute, a little less. Okay, I just want to make sure the WPCF family keeps track of whenever uh, Rufus's big day is next month. We'll just say it's a blooming day. 
Absolutely. Oh, 80th birthday. Absolutely. Yeah, we're all looking forward to that. James, how you doing? Doing good. Hope you are, sir. Very well. Well, you you can go ahead and, and wish him a happy birthday on the air if you want to. Well, happy happy. Let me be the first one to wish the the, the North Carolina. What, what can we say? The institution. Institution. <laughs> institution. <laughs> happy birthday. Absolutely. Well, thank you, James. James, so a nice way to end the show. Thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. Okay. Good night, you. All right, Miss Ann, Brother Rufus, Phil. Paul, thank you. thank you all very much. Jason, thank you. Excellent job. Uh, we love all of you. Love our audience. So we'll see you next week on the WPTF Weekend Gardener.